You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Already in progress, it's Hour 2. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, with the uh, imminent departure of McLovin. Heard from a lot of people interested in sitting in that chair. And I said, come on, the body's not even cold yet. Body's still alive. You're seated right there. I can't replace you. I mean, not now. Yeah, McLovin. I got notes from former coworkers of all of ours. They'll be like, oh, man, congrats, congrats. So exactly what day are you leaving? <laughs> I'm like, wait, why do you have to ask? <laughs> You're going to be missed. Thank you. Yeah. I just didn't know that you would have to leave for us to miss you. But we're going to find that out. We're going to find out how much we miss you. But, uh, you know, we have a big rollout here. This is your farewell tour. And December 23rd, I believe, will be your final day on the show. And I have a bet with Fritzy. Fritzy thinks that I cry at everything, which I do. You're a very emotional person. I respect that about you. But if I don't cry when McLovin leaves, you think that that says something negative about me. That's my way of hoping I don't get a pie in the face, that you're in a no-win situation. You either have to cry and I win, or if you don't cry, you look like you're insensitive in some way. Uh, yes, McLovin. But three weeks of this goodbye topic, yeah. it's going to be so old by then. Yes, it will. That's why I'll get so tired. Like I could have on Friday got a little emotional with McLovin just because the audience seemed to embrace McLovin. Who would have thought? And I thought, wow, McLovin has really made an impact in 12 years here with this audience. And then I started to get a little misty-eyed, taking a trip down memory lane. But yeah, that'll be done. That's probably done. Yeah, it's probably done by today, you know? All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Watch talented home bakers compete on Baking It, holiday bake-off series hosted by Maya Rudolph and Andy Samberg. And uh, a panel of opinionated grandmas as judges Stream Baking It Now on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com. Sign up now. McLovin, what's poll question for hour two? So we started off with uh, who is the more evil genius, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban? Like you said, 62% said Saban, uh, which I would have agreed with. A couple, uh, couple options. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Paul sent out some stats about Gardner Minshew's uh, career shark. If you're the Eagles, do you go back to Jalen Hurts after the bye, or do you start Gardner Minshew? I like Gardner Minshew a lot. Do I think he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts? Yes. Do I think Jalen Hurts is more of a weapon at that position? I do. Gardner Minshew, if you look at what he's done, he started 21 games in his career. First 21 career starts. It Let, let me compare him to Dak Prescott. Would you say that's fair to comparing to Dak Prescott? No. Okay, but I'm going to. Dak Prescott has started 20, his first 21 games, well, he's got 22 starts here. He has thrown for 5,000, almost 5,100 yards. Gardner Minshew has started one fewer games. He has 5,100, almost 5,200 yards. Now, he's playing for Jacksonville, keep in mind. He has 35 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Dak Prescott has 37 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's through 22 career starts for Dak Prescott, 21 for Gardner Minshew. Minshew is good, and he did it with Jacksonville. And I thought he looked really good yesterday. By the way, did you see the outfit that he showed up? You know, it was a Top Gun feel because it felt like it was an actor who was playing Gardner Minshew. Like, once they get to the made-for-TV movie, it looked like they already had the actor to play 
Gardner Minshew. But he looked good. He looked comfortable. He's not afraid. Uh, yeah, Paul. I think you nailed it there. The actor thing. We look at. I think people look at Gardner Minshew as an entertaining person who happens to play in the NFL, not as a possible f- starting quarterback for a franchise. He's 25. He doesn't cost any money. Why isn't he being looked at as a possible starter? It's weird, isn't it? I thought that they were going to have Gardner Minshew play start out in Jacksonville and then ease Trevor Lawrence in. You know, obviously they thought, you know, why have him go out there if he performs well, then can you bring Trevor Lawrence in or whatever the drama would have been. But I thought there's a couple of teams that should have reached out to Gardner Minshew. I think he can play. I think we get caught up in how somebody presents themselves or how they look. He looks like he's a character. And I think that that's very deceiving when it comes to Gardner Minshew. You know, is he the second coming of Patrick Mahomes? He's not. But I do think he's a good quarterback. Yeah, McLovin. Is it possibly heightism? Because he's not, remember he was in the Super Bowl, Miami, he came in. He was kind of a normal-sized guy, six-round pick. You know how people pigeonhole quarterbacks like that. Okay, but he's taller than Russell. He's taller than Tua. Taller than Kyler. Taller than Baker. I don't know. I, I think that, that we, we've gotten caught up in that you've got to be a certain size to play quarterback. And we've seen that it costs teams dearly when they go, nope, we want the guy who's 6'4". Well, that guy who's six feet, Drew Brees, he's not going to be able to see over his own offensive lineman. And then 75,000 passing yards later. Uh, quarterbacking issue with uh, the Steelers, I guess, that uh, it was reported by the mothership that Ben Roethlisberger is going to retire at the end of the year. I don't know if it was a report. Just felt like it was a compilation of opinions here. Um, here's Ben Roethlisberger uh, asking about if this is it. Honestly, we just got done with this game. I'm exhausted. That's my focus. My focus is on Minnesota and what we have to do to get ready. I'll address any of that stuff after the season. I've always been a one game at a time, one season at a time person. I'm going to stay that way. All right. Mike Tomlin thought it was funny. I don't, I don't know what was, you know, where, where the humor came from, unless it's like, where did this come from? Because does it feel like this is it for Ben? It does. But I don't know if Ben goes, you know, I've made my decision with five games left. Now I'm going to retire. What if they do well? What if he does well? So I don't know if it's one of those where you go, yep. Yeah, this will be now. Would would it surprise me that Ben retired? No, it would surprise me if he came back for another season. It would. Eight seven seven three DP show email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and our radio affiliates, including the Fox Sports Radio lineup. We've talked a lot of college football. We'll talk to the Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman. He'll join us coming up in about uh, fifteen minutes. Carson Palmer will also stop by. Alabama handled Georgia since he rolls Houston, Michigan, all over Iowa. The final four is set. Certainly a lot of people rooting for Notre Dame just to get in, basically to stick it to Brian Kelly. Like you left and your team is going to be in the final four, but you're going to have some interesting matchups with Alabama against Cincinnati, Georgia against Michigan. Um, If I would have said at the beginning of the year, you're going to have two teams in the final four that you're not going to expect, and you're going to have two teams that you are going to expect. Alabama would be certainly one of those, and Georgia 
probably with Clemson would be the uh, the other one as well. Michigan, a pleasant surprise in my opinion, and Cincinnati gets in. Since you know they did everything that you asked them to do, but you know what what's really the key with all of this? Cincinnati was really good last year, and you need a little momentum here. Because Boise State always needed a little momentum. When you saw the story, you went, all right. It's like Gonzaga basketball, where you go, man, after a while, Gonzaga is up there with the, you know, the Power 5 schools. But you have to work your way up. And that's what Cincinnati has been doing. When Brian Kelly was there, now with Luke Fickle there, they went toe-to-toe with Georgia last year in a bowl game and easily could have won that game, probably should have won that game. Then, you know, you catch people's attention sometimes. Sometimes we look past a bowl game and you go, yeah, it's a bowl game. Georgia probably didn't care. Cincinnati cared more. That's what I keep hearing. All right, whatever. They went toe-to-toe. And now Cincinnati building off of that. So it's not a surprise this year where you go, Who, who's Cincinnati got? Or who's their coach? Now that coach gets mentioned for NFL jobs. Maybe USC's job he was mentioned for. They've got probably three players on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to play in the NFL. Uh, Desmond Ritter, you know, might be a quarterback on Sundays in the NFL. They have talent there. and But you had to have a little bit of a buildup here, and Cincinnati did that. Did I think Houston could beat them? No, but I thought that they could certainly make it interesting for them. And they did in the first half, but Cincinnati was the better team. And now you get that matchup with Alabama against Cincinnati. Whatever happens here, if Cincinnati gets blown out, I don't want to hear, oh, they never should have been in there. Okay? They do what you're asking them to do. They can't do anything more. A lot of these schools aren't going to go to Cincinnati to play Cincinnati. Cincinnati can only – that's why Cincinnati went to Notre Dame. Is Notre Dame going to Cincinnati? I mean, I would hope they would, but – you know, Cincinnati's doing that. That's why when we expand the playoffs, you're going to have a couple of these teams. But I think that the committee, I don't know this, but I, I have a good, strong in, uh, inkling. They were hoping Oklahoma State could get in there. Or Notre Dame could get in there. It comes down to how many people are going to watch this. Are you going to be all in? You'll be all in on Georgia and Michigan. You're going to be all in on Cincinnati against Alabama. If it's close, that may, might be one of those games you tune in at uh, the end of the first half and you go, what's uh, Alabama up by uh, seven? Oh, okay, I'll stick around for this. Or Cincinnati happens to be up by three at halftime. Whatever it is, you know, we're going to have a referendum on the uh, teams that aren't power five brokers. And that's not fair. Because Cincinnati did what you asked them to do, everything you asked them to do. It's everybody else fell to the wayside. If Notre Dame doesn't lose to Cincinnati, Notre Dame is in the Final Four. And because of that, Brian Kelly, I don't know if he could have left Notre Dame if they were firmly cemented in the Final Four. Or he would have had to make LSU wait. Like, that that win is so important because it got Cincinnati into the Final Four. And Brian Kelly's now at LSU working on his accent. Yeah, point. You're right about Cincinnati with uh, the preseason polls. I have the AP top 25 on August 31st. Alabama number one. Georgia was five. Cincinnati was eight to start the season. Yeah. So they didn't have that far to go. Yep. Not like last season. 
Michigan was unranked to start the season. Anybody who thought the college football playoff field was getting too repetitive this year, you know, it's a legitimate shakeup when you think about it with no Oklahoma, no Ohio State, no Clemson. Uh, you know, Georgia's not a dark horse, neither is Alabama. But Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, Final Four is a lot of fun. And last year at this time, we were watching Trevor Lawrence battle Justin Fields, Mac Jones against Ian Book at Notre Dame. And the Crimson Tide have the Heisman winner in Bryce Young. Georgia has an impressive defense, or at least it had been. Michigan has a great offensive and defensive line. Aiden Hutchinson has been great defensive end. Cincinnati got a quality quarterback. You've got a good head coach, tough defense. This doesn't really bode well for shootouts, probably, but it's going to be fun. It'll be competitive. A little bit of change there. Here is Nick Saban after uh, the win and uh, thanking uh, us in the media. You guys gave us a lot of really positive rat poison. The rat poison that you usually give us is usually fatal. (laughs) But the rat poison that you put out there this week was yummy. (laughs) I have no idea what that means. Yummy rat poison. You know, the... Coaches look for, you know, a lot of different ways to motivate their team. And he probably said, now, if everybody was fawning all over Alabama and said, you know, Coach Saban's greatest coach of all time, and these players, they've got more talent, they're going to blow out Georgia. Then there's no rat poison there. But I think doubting Alabama, doubting that quarterback and Bryce Young, doubting Nick Saban in a big game against one of his former assistants, that's where you go, wait, what are, what are they saying? All right, well, I'll use that and get some motivation. I mean, what if you got a Rolodex here of now what do I say to my play? If you're Nick Saban, how many ways can you actually get your team fired up that they're going to go, yeah, Dan Campbell with the Detroit Lions, he can do that. Nick Saban's been doing this for 40 years. It's like, uh, let me see, what's uh, rat poison? Haven't used that in a while. All right, yummy rat poison. All right, we'll do that. Yeah, Paul. Did Nick Saban in Alabama just pull at nobody believed in us, all the doubters and the haters? Sort of. How can you be the biggest heavyweight in the world and pull the, our backs were against the wall? As long as you can convince your players that. For five days. That's it. Yes, Seton. And also, how can you be like, thanks for the rat poison, it's what got us over the edge, when you've been famously, like all of this time, been like, you guys write about how great we are. It's like rat poison to us, and that's what's killing us. You guys putting in our kids' heads how great we are. I know. Like, dude. <laughs> that's where you go, Coach, didn't didn't you criticize us because we said nice things about you? So just you? moving forward, Coach, just quickly, do, do you prefer rat poison or no rat poison? Yummy rat poison. Oh, the good rat poison. Yeah, whatever that is. It's like, okay. I like that. Like a peanut butter flavor. You can hear some nervous laughter there with the media, too. And he's like, yeah, it's like yummy rat poison. You're like somebody giggling there. Uh, that's one of those where you go, he's on a roll. Just let him go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. He's the new head coach at Notre Dame. Notre Dame. He's Marcus Freeman. Carson Palmer, we'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. A lot of phone calls to get to as well. We'll try to do all of that when we return here on the Dan Patrick Show. Discover that Discover credit card. And in fact, my wife's got it today. She's in, uh, in the city. 99% of the places that she goes to will take that credit card. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. 
So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, which my daughters remind me. It's like, Dad, when we spend, we're getting money back automatically, right? Yes. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options. Cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans build equipped, engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Before we get to uh, the new Notre Dame head coach, Marcus Freeman, this is what it sounded like when he was introduced in the weight room as the new head coach to his football players. Let's bring in coach. What was that feeling like, Marcus? Oh, it was surreal, Dan. Uh, what a great uh, moment for me personally, but hopefully for our team. And uh, it was a chance to embrace those guys and to uh, let them know that this isn't about a speech. This isn't about, you know, a statement. This is about me being around my players. And uh, it was an awesome moment. When did you get the job? When did you find out you were going to be offered the head coaching job? Uh, I think I, I knew maybe two days before I wasn't officially offered the job um, until that Thursday. I think it's it's all running together. I'm trying to figure this out. Did Brian Kelly ask you if you wanted to go to LSU? He did. He did. And what did you say? I said, um, I need a job. So I said, yeah, let me talk to my wife. And that, that's, that's the first thing I said. I said, absolutely. I said, let me talk to my wife. And that gave me time to kind of figure this whole thing out. And, and it all happened uh, extremely fast after that. But when do you realize how high, highly you're thought of at Notre Dame? Because here's Brian thinking, hey, I can probably steal the defensive coordinator and then maybe even – uh, you know, Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator at LSU. Yeah, I'm sure that was in his thought process when he took the job. Um, but, you know, when I started to get calls from from our athletic director and and I started to get text messages and people reaching out that um, are highly regarded um, around Notre Dame, I, I realized, oh, this might be pretty real. <laughs> and so I put the, the holds on and going anywhere. And I said, let's let's see what happens here at Notre Dame. OK, so you talk to your wife. You bounced around. I think you were at Kent State, Purdue, Cincinnati, now Notre Dame. I mean, it's a tough life. You're only, what, going to be 36. You got yeah. six kids. Like, you know, you're talking to your wife. What's that conversation like of this This might be happening? <laughs> uh, it's surreal. We, you know, it's like, are we, are we sure? And then every moment, um, you know, it was like every minute seemed like an hour. And I remember on Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, um, I can't remember what day it was, but I was sitting at home waiting for the athletic director to call me um, and tell me we're going to meet somewhere to talk. And I remember just sitting there saying, I can't do this. I can't sit at home anymore. I'm going on the road recruiting. And I got my car and I just started driving <laughs> to Michigan to go to go see a kid. And all of a sudden he calls me and says, hey, we'll meet this afternoon. And I just stopped right in the middle of the highway, turned around and started heading back to South Bend. <laughs> And it's a weird week. I mean, it's a weird business that you're in. Yet it's like if I told you two years ago, you know, by the way, you're going to be a head coach at Notre Dame. 
<laughs> no way would I have thought that was uh, going to happen. You know, I knew at some point in my career um, I was going to be a head coach. You know, that was the, the, the path I was on. Um, I did not think it would be this year at the University of Notre Dame, but, but you know, what a great opportunity. And, and that's what I keep telling myself is you're fortunate to get this opportunity. Now let's not screw it up. Let's do everything in your power to make sure that you do everything to get these kids ready to have success. And uh, it starts with the people and it starts with giving them your heart. And that's what I plan on doing. But I would have sent that video out to every recruit coach when your players reacted the way they did. And I just would have said, are you curious why these players love this man this much? Come to South Bend and find out. Uh, we put it out on social media. I don't know if we've done that, sent it to uh, all the recruits, but you just gave me a great idea. And as soon as we're done with this Zoom session, I'll make sure that happens. Uh, last time you talked to Brian Kelly was when? Um, on the phone Monday, and then he texted me uh, after I was named head coach, and he told me congratulations. Uh, what was it like yesterday watching or Saturday watching the football with the possibility that maybe you were going to slip into the final four? Who were you rooting for or against, coach? <laughs> well, I was obviously, uh, you know, we knew there was a scenario where four things, two of the four things had to happen. And, you know, finally I got a chance to just turn on the TV in the fourth quarter of the uh, Oklahoma State game. And, you know, I saw the very end of that game and, and that was one, one of the four. You know, and then I could not root against Cincinnati. You know, those are kids that I helped recruit. Even if it um, meant you could get into if couldn't do it. No, I couldn't do it. You know, those kids, those are kids that you love. Those are kids you recruit. Those are kids you grow with. And uh, Coach Fickle was obviously he was my college position coach and somebody that gave me opportunity to be the first be, to be defense coordinator for the first time. And so I was rooting like heck for those uh, that program for him and those kids. Um and they won. And so um, then we were obviously you were hoping that somehow, you know, either the SEC game or the uh, Big Ten championship, it would go our way. And it didn't. But, you know, we control what we can control. And that's what I've told this group. And, I, and that's what I'm telling myself is what a great opportunity we have um, on January 1st to play Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. Brian Kelly talked about the hurdles, limitations of recruiting at Notre Dame. Um, how limiting is that or what is the biggest challenge that you're going to face in getting players, you know, to fit into Notre Dame, be able to get into Notre Dame? Well, the biggest challenge is to be able to clearly communicate what makes Notre Dame special. And that's to me, what I've tried to do since I've sat in this chair is that, Hey, there are so many things that Notre Dame can offer a young man that will help him be successful in the rest of his life. If you want a chance to win a national championship, well, there's certain schools that give you the opportunity to do that, Notre Dame being one. If you want a chance to really set yourself up for the rest of your life by earning a degree from Notre Dame, then you can do that here. And, it, and what you got to do is you got to find a way to get that young person to see life after football. But it's, if it's all about national championship, great. Notre Dame could be in a contention. Let's talk about it. We've been in playoffs two out of the past three years. But if you can get that young person to see the minute they're done playing, that's when Notre Dame has a great opportunity to get them. What's in your office there? Well, I'm in the staff room. There's a couple pictures on the wall. Um, do you, after, but, but do you have, did you take over Brian's office? Are, are you going to redecorate? 
At some point, I think I'll, I'll move over there right now. I'm in my corner office and I keep telling myself, this is a reminder where you're at, what, what you've done to get to this point. I don't need a big office right now. I need to get to work. And that's what I'm doing. <laughs> How did you end up at Ohio State? Um, I was from Ohio. and um, You're from Dayton, right? From Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. And uh, I grew up an Ohio State fan. You know, my dad was from Columbus, Ohio. I grew up watching Ohio State and and when Jim Trestle offered me a scholarship to Ohio State, I knew in my heart that's where I wanted to go. Did I actually Notre Dame down, recruit you, Marcus? Yep, yep. I came down to actually Ohio State, Notre Dame, and uh, um, I really liked Tyrone Willingham, who was the head coach at that time. And so, ultimately, I, I chose Ohio State, and I told our AD, I said, I don't want to, I don't want to make the same mistake twice. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Uh, are you going to schedule LSU? Um, I'll leave that up to uh, Jack Swarbrick. <laughs> but listen, we—I mean, at Notre Dame, you—you—you'll you, play anybody, and uh, but I'll let him make that decision. Do you realize Cincinnati beating Notre Dame is the reason why Cincinnati is going to play in the Final Four? That's crazy. As crazy it sounds, yeah, yeah. that's the reason. And uh, as much as you wanted to win that one, you know, if if you could choose one team or one group of individuals to lose to it's it's that group because I know the work they put in and and you know I'm gonna be rooting like heck for them when they play Alabama coach congratulations good luck and uh we'll stay in touch thanks Dan I appreciate it that's Marcus Freeman Notre Dame's new head football coach I love that video when he walks into the weight room and he's being introduced by the strength and conditioning coach and you just heard those players and you know what helped those players went to bat for him some of the guys who are going to be leaving going, uh, graduating or going into the NFL, they went to bat for him. But I do think it was really important that Tommy Reese stayed as the offensive coordinator. You got a package deal there. And I think what happened was Notre Dame put on the full court press when they knew Brian Kelly was going to ask both of those coordinators to come to LSU. And Notre Dame, I think, you know what? We got we to gotta ramp this up. And I think that that was where both of these guys had to consider going to LSU. And Notre Dame was, we can keep our defensive coordinator. We just elevate him to head coach, and we can keep our offensive coordinator. Continuity was really, really important. Uh, It was good. It was fun to talk to. Imagine that you're driving. Like, you get nervous. You're just waiting. I I can't sit here at home. You start driving, and you're going to go recruit somebody. And then all of a sudden, hey, let's talk this afternoon. Do the U-turn and head back. All right, best and worst of the week. Best and worst of the weekend. Uh, Morgan in Maryland joining us. Hey, Morgan. Hey, Dan. How are you? Great, Morgan. Awesome. So, uh, best of the weekend. Um, definitely, it was nice to see the Detroit Lions finally pull through and Ooh. win. So, Jeff in Detroit, way to go for him. Yeah. And um, also, so the worst of the weekend, definitely uh, for me, Ravens and Steelers. Um, I mean, I I am 100% all about that last call, I, I mean, I, I understand Justin Tucker, he's a sure thing. Like, I Mar- love him. Morgan, do you have to answer that call? No, it's okay. Okay. It's, a, it's another line. <laughs> Sorry. It's another line. <laughs> Hopefully you don't do thing. anything really important where you somebody's waiting to talk to somebody on the other end. Well, well no, I, the company I work for, we work hand-in-hand hand with another one, so it was another line for that company. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm all about that call, but even worse is that my husband is a Steelers fan, so I have to live with him after all this anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's just it, – it, until we play them again, and 
and hopefully come through with the win. But I think that Andrews, I mean, I wouldn't blame it on Andrews either because how many big catches has he had and just come through for us? So, you know, it's a sad loss. But, I mean, we'll get him next time. <laughs> All right. Call back again, Morgan. Great to hear from you. Uh, Jeremy in Alabama. Hey, Jeremy, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, my best is, uh, of course, being from Alabama. I love the game, uh, championship game Saturday night. But proud of, glad to see Alabama win it. Uh, uh, my worst of the weekend is the, the fake slide. Uh, for the Pittsburgh quarterback, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, isn't that supposed to be uh, down where he initiates the slide? And he was initiating a slide in the beginning, so easily, very easily, that call could have been uh, went very wrong for Pittsburgh and that quarterback. And my very best of the year, McLovin is leaving the, and going to the radio show. And uh, all jokes aside, congratulations, McLovin. Uh, Glad glad you're going on and doing better. I've talked about my three favorite Danettes, uh, and that's always been a, a rib toward you, buddy, but uh, congratulations on the uh, new job. <laughs> Is he – was it his very best of the year that you're leaving? McLean? Yeah. Wait, he had three favorite Danettes? Yes, and, and I don't think you're one of them. Yeah, that would seem a little backhanded, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. It could have been worse. That's how I'll take it. Um, Kenny Pickett, Pitt's quarterback, who's going to be a first-round pick, uh, in the title game in the ACC, it looked like he was going to slide. He's about 30 yards downfield. He was going to give himself up, and he went into a almost fake slide and then popped up and headed to the end zone. You know, the defensive backs, they paused for a moment, and he had enough athleticism that he was able to outrun everybody. I, I was okay with it. Now, the first time he gets hit in the NFL where he, you know, slides a little late and then somebody hits him, then somebody will say, oh, that's karma. I, I thought, you know, it's like Dan Marino. When Dan Marino had the fake uh, spike against the Jets, and then he threw a touchdown pass. And then you had people say, you can't do that. Yeah, you can. Like, you're trying whatever you can to win. Is he going to get popped one time? Yes, he is. But in that moment, that was an unbelievable play. Yes, he. B.S. <laughs> B flat out S. Absolutely not. How much more difficult can you make it for the defense? Good grief. Yes, Paul. I see what Seton's saying. The slide is like an agreement between the quarterback, the refs, and the defenders. Yeah. Like, I start the slide, you let up, they call the play down, we've agreed upon this. Maybe if you ever do a fake slide, you don't get any quarterback protection for the rest of that game. Like, Kenny Pickett can't slide anymore. He could slide and be hit. Yes, Todd. To Seaton's point, you know, as far as the comparison to what Marino did, they're trying to protect the quarterback. In that situation, no, there's nothing to do with protecting the quarterback. They just got tricked into thinking that he was just going to throw it into the ground. So I can understand the sensitivity of that. If he's kind of giving himself up or looks as if he's giving himself up, you know, maybe that's uh, something well, that they got to look at. So what side are you on? I am on the side of that. I think that it was uh, that was kind of BS. Also, that if he's kind of in a half slide situation, then maybe he should. Uh, they should. I could understand why everybody kind of stopped there, thinking he was giving himself up to protect the quarterback. Seemed pretty clear he's on my side. In this <laughs> I one. don't know. He's on all sides. I don't know what's. Uh, you're on both sides. Yeah, you somehow are on three sides. I can make both arguments yeah. and a third argument. Yeah, Al in Atlanta. Hi, Al. What's on your mind today? Morning, Dan. Morning, Al. Uh, 
best of the weekend, definitely the winning game ball going to the Oxford community in Michigan. That was that was definitely a top notch thing for the head coach of the Lions to do. Yep. And worst of the weekend was Friday. Ha- slept through half the show, wake up to find out McLovin's leaving and taking away my chance at getting back at him at a shower of shame bet. Like they just ruined my whole weekend. Just like forget about Georgia and Falcons losing. Like McLovin leaving. That was that's the loss that stuck with me hard. Like, All right. Damn. Thank you, Al. I think Al is gonna miss you, McLovin. I also have like ten outstanding bets that I can't even follow. We have this Twitter feed that keeps track. We all have like five bets yeah. on the books. Yeah. Well, I have one that Fritzy is betting that I cry on your final day, and there's a pie to the face at stake here. Are you going to – what other bets do you have to uh, kind of clean up here, McLovin, before uh, you leave? Paul and I have a draft bet about the first quarterback taken. And oh. I think both of us are going to be wrong on that one, okay. maybe. Right. Uh, there's uh, the Jeff in Detroit, whether I have to walk to Detroit. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. And you made me take one the other day. I can't remember it. I'll look at the bet board. Uh, you know, when you're thinking about a, a name for a quarterback, Pickett is is probably not great, or a kicker named Blewett. Didn't Pittsburgh have Blewett as their kicker and Pickett as their quarterback? Aren't you just waiting for turnovers there? Yes, Paul. Remember that guy, Steve Indecisive, Florida State? <laughs> that's, that's 77. Like, <laughs> you loved him. Yeah. Tommy wide left. Yeah. 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 Tim Fumble. Was yeah. Tim classic. Fumble. Yeah. Yes, McLovin. I found the bet. I have a bet with Fritzy. He Fritzy said Trevor Lawrence will be benched for a performance by the end of the year. Hmm. And Fritzy, if he's not benched, has to take a pie in the face. Oh, okay. Was yes. that part of our hot take uh, scenario? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, but I don't. Were there pies to the face at stake? Where no, it's just hot takes. You were going to credit one of us for the hottest yes. take of the year. I think I said, I think I said the Packers would win at least sixteen games or something like that. But Fritzy had it all mapped out with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, okay. there was a game against Detroit uh, or the Bengals, and he was just going to get so frustrated at Urban Meyer with him that by like week six or seven, he was going to have him take a seat. If the Broncos don't make the playoffs, Fritzy has to cook on some meal on Meat Friday. And hopefully everyone will still survive that. Yeah. Uh, Miami has fired Manny Diaz. So I'm going to guess Mario Cristobal is waiting in the on-deck circle. Oregon head coach. Unless he's going to go, hey, what do you want to offer me to stay? Because that story has been lingering here for a while. We knew Manny Diaz was on the hot seat at the U. But uh, Cristobal, and I think people ask him, reporters ask him, he's like, no, you know, there's nothing, nothing going on there. And maybe you get something better at Oregon. Or I know it sounds like a wild card, but I don't think it is. If Chip Kelly were to be welcome back at Oregon. I think he's got one year left at UCLA. Could you guys check? I think from what I was told, Chip Kelly, next month, if he decides to leave, there's no buyout. That nobody owes anybody anything, and it could be just a clean break. In fact, let's take a break, but I, I want to make sure I got that right. I don't want you know to kind of throw it out there and be vague. But I, I do think that that's, that might be the language there with Chip Kelly with his contract at UCLA. All right, we'll take a break. Back up to this. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I don't know. I don't want to start the Chip Kelly to Oregon if Mario Cristobal takes the job at the U. This is just a thought, thinking out loud here, wondering what Chip Kelly's contract status is. Um, I think in a month, Chip Kelly would be... Okay, let me see if I have this right. This according to the LA Times. Chip Kelly's contract buyout is $9 million. He's owed that through January 15th. So after that, there's no buyout. Be easier to hire him. Um, now, I don't know if Oregon would want Chip Kelly. I'm just thinking out loud that maybe Chip Kelly would go back there. Uh, why don't reach out to John Canzano? He always seems to know what's going on there. Let's stir it up. Our buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, McLeod. Is Oregon one of those top-level jobs? Feels pretty, yes. pretty good. Hell, well, UCLA is, even though they blew out USC, I don't expect USC to be in that shape anytime soon again. I'm just curious if you're Mario Cristobal, do you want the Miami job or the Oregon job? <laughs> because I would want to you know, stay at Oregon. You go to the U, I know he played there, but... And Miami has fired their head coach, Manny Diaz. I think Manny was out recruiting as of yesterday, two days ago. He's out recruiting. It's got to be weird. Like Chip Kelly or Brian Kelly was out recruiting in Orange County. And he's there with his offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. And then all of a sudden gets on the plane with his attorney and Tommy Reese stays in Orange County and has to take the commercial plane back to South Bend because Brian Kelly is realizing he's going to be the next head coach at LSU. So you go in to a recruit's house knowing there's a possibility that you're going to be the next head coach. But the recruiting window here, it's so important. And this is what Rick Neuheisel had to say last week. He said, why can't we move it another week? Can we, can we change the recruiting period here? Because... Then you could have coaches who could complete what they started with their team or finish the regular season or a conference championship game. Might not be there for the bowl game, but, you know, I think that's what, you know, that's what Rick Neuheisel was pointing out. Yeah, Paul. A bunch of different reports that uh, University of Miami is preparing to throw $8 million a year at Mario Cristobal, and it's $9 million to buy him out of his Oregon deal. Mm -hmm. Gavin in Arizona. Hey, Gavin, thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Best and worst of the weekend. 
Good morning, Dan and the Danettes. Um, my best of the weekend is Gardner Minshew, 20 for 25, 242 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Looking like a starter. Um, and then my worst of the weekend is uh, copying Carson Palmer doing a five-team screamer and losing it on the last play in Minnesota and Detroit. A five-team screamer. The Carson Palmer yes, five-team screamer. Yeah, sorry about that, Gaff. I don't know what the Minnesota defensive backs were doing. Like, we're not going to let you catch a touchdown six yards into the end zone, but if you want to catch one three yards into the end zone, we'll let you have that. How do you play prevent defense? You know, it, I, let me see if I have these numbers on the Vikings. This, this, is, this is stuff that gets coaches fired. Let me see if I have this for you. Um, the Lions uh, extended their lead with two field goals in the final two minutes of the first half. Minnesota has allowed an average of six points per game in the final two minutes of the first half this season, most by any team in 21 years. Vikings have allowed 72 points in the final two minutes of the first half, fifth most by any team since 2000. They can't close you out. They have five games left to chase down the record, which was by the 2020 Minnesota Vikings. They allow you to stay in the game. There have been 26 games decided by a game-winning score on the final play of the season. That's the most through 13 weeks of an NFL season in history. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have here? Kevin in North Carolina. We'll get to our best and worst of the weekend. That's a good segue because my worst is the Vikings. 46 46 years I've pulled for this team. And Zimmer's got to go. That's the first time I've said that. I'm not a fire... Uh, Zimmer, fire the coach, and Cousins is trash because I think Cousins Cousins is wasting his best years with us. He really is. And the best of the weekend is also my Vikings. Thank you for putting all my hopes and dreams and putting them to rest early this year so I can enjoy my holiday. <laughs> You're welcome, Kevin. I mentioned John Canzano. Uh, Seton just gave me the tweet. Miami has finally fired Manny Diaz. Mario Cristobal meeting with the Oregon players per sources. Well, I don't know if you're meeting with them to say, I'm staying. Sounds like you might be meeting with them to say, I'm going. It's going to be some rumors coming, fellas. <laughs> Just uh, don't allow for the distractions. <laughs> Update the poll results, McLovin. So I switch it up to, are you okay with Kenny Pickett fake sliding? 58% say no. <laughs> I loved it just because it was a pretty cool play. Now, is it going to come back to haunt him at some point in his career in the NFL? Perhaps. That one time he gets it. Imagine if he faces somebody from Wake Forest in the NFL. Well, maybe that's not going to happen. Oh, sorry. Yeah, a defensive player from Wake. I don't know. But uh, you know, that guy might be, uh, I didn't get you in the uh, ACC title game. How about that? Take that. That's how it sounds when you hit somebody really hard. Take that! Yes. Yeah, what's the uh, penalty for, like, roughing or hitting a defenseless quarterback or whatever? Mm. Throw the flag, send it back the other way. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. But, you know, I'm not a purist here. You know, I think outside the box. It's the the purists that are upset about that. We'll see what Carson Palmer had to say about that. He'll join us coming up next hour. Tonight, Patriots and the Bills. That's juicy. 
We'll come back with our best and worst of the weekend. More phone calls as well. Final hour. Back to this. One more item. We close out hour two. It's a great Christmas gift for you and for somebody that you're giving the gift to. I'll explain. If you would like to have Mariah Carey help you sing or maybe Gordon Ramsay help you cook. There's a lot of things. Martin Scorsese talks about filmmaking. Masterclass offers exclusive classes on a wide variety of topics. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons that fit into your everyday life. So you're talking about 20 lessons per class. That's normal. 10 minutes per lesson and you're able to watch them anytime, anywhere, your phone, computer, tablet, smart TV. Each class supported by downloadable materials, workbooks, exercises, recipes. You got over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, and maybe it's something you always wanted to do. Maybe it's a hobby that you'd like to pick up. It's closer than you think. Now, I mentioned it's a great gift for you and whoever you give it to. Right now, give them Masterclass. Give one annual Masterclass membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply.